Welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, I don't know if you can tell by Scott's dramatically lowered register, it's the start of Spoopy Month. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a very exciting time in which Scott and I show each other spoopy movies because it's Halloween season. That's right. Things are about to get scary. Oh, yeah. Scott, what movie did you show me this week? Well, if you looked at the title of this, I showed Frankie the werewolf classic, Ginger Snaps. Released in the great year 2000. <laughs> The birth of the millennium. <laughs> what a magical time. Indeed it was. So I gotta be honest, this movie surprised me pleasantly. I was not expecting much, <laughs> but I was happily surprised that it was actually a good movie. <laughs> and I am glad to hear it. Honestly, it surprised me too. I think it was... About a year or two ago, we had gotten a free, we had gotten a free subscription to Shudder, which I didn't utilize because I'm not a big horror movie gal for the most part. But Scott was hanging off that thing like it was nobody's business. Indeed, I believe we got it thanks to Brucker. Thank you, Brucker. Uh, Brucker, go listen to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. But we had gotten this free subscription. And I went into, like, a little bit of, like, a werewolf kick. Like, oh, there's all these werewolf movies on here. Which I didn't know that was a thing. I feel like when you think of horror movie genres, there's not really a lot in the Wolverine. In the Wolverine. In the <laughs> There's in not the a Hugh Jackman. The Hugh Jackman category? The Hugh Jackman horror movies. No, there's not a lot in the werewolf category. There's, like, Wolfman. American Werewolf in London, which you still haven't seen. I have. That's going to be one of these days on this show. I'm going to show them that movie. And then I guess this movie, and that's it. <laughs> like, There's others. There is like Silver Bullet, Bad Moon Rising. There's a lot of weird ones that are like... I like that song. Yeah, it's a good song. <laughs> but there's a lot of like weird ones like Howl. And you're like, okay, it's a little on the nose. This one, by the title, you have no idea what it is. Yes, that's accurate. And it kind of has a double meaning because ginger snaps are like delicious, yummy cookies that one might eat during the fall time because, you know, gingerbread. And then it's also a name of the main girl in this movie that fucking basically loses her mind. And snaps. Yeah. Oh, so clever. It's the year 2000. You gotta give them a little credit for it. Right. Well, this is the thing. It is very obvious that this movie was made in the late 90s going into the 2000s. There's a lot of indicators of that by, like, the hard rock metal soundtrack, the, you know, angsty teens, very much, like, Daria-esque situation that our main characters give us like if daria was a werewolf it would be this movie basically well yeah these are two main ladies ginger and b 
very much fit into like the archetype of like Daria, Wednesday Adams, yes, um, Lydia from Beetlejuice. Live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. But as far as movies, I mean, let's be honest, you guys. The last few movies that Scott has shown me, I haven't had like the best reaction to. So I went into this with lower maybe expectations not only because i didn't really i've never really heard of the movie before but also because scott has steered me wrong before oh yes because you have never steered me wrong before i've never steered you wrong before i've never i've only shown you bad movies when they are so bad they're good i don't purposely show i don't i don't show you a movie that's bad on purpose what i direct you to moulin rouge and les mis okay, okay let's both of those on. movies are critically acclaimed it's no, not my fault that you're uncultured that's not my fault <laughs> both those movies are terrible they're not but okay you know let's fucking fight outside let's fucking go outside <laughs> right now okay we're gonna stop the recording we'll be back in about five minutes guys so it was directed by john fawcett who has done mostly tv in his career he created the show orphan black he worked on the dc titans show um, some things that I really love about this movie in regards to his decisions directorially, he refused to have any CGI in the film because he wanted everything done practically with prosthetics and makeup, which I, for the most part, prefer in horror movies because I feel like it looks better a lot of the time. Uh, well, not only that, but it also makes the movie more timeless. Yes. Because... The prequels were coming out around I this time. I was just going to say that. CGI could have been an easy fucking move here. Where it would right. Be like, hey, everybody's doing CGI. Yeah, it was the hip new thing. But then, mind you, you look back now at some of the stuff that was in Phantom Menace and you're like, oh, God, it's <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but something else that I really appreciated being the woman that I am, he was quoted as saying he wanted to break the cliches of how women were portrayed in horror films, which... I really appreciate that, and um, it, he definitely does. I mean, first of all, the two main characters in the film are both females, which I feel like it, to this day is kind of unheard of to have two female leads in a horror movie. I mean, there is a, a male, but he's very much a side character. So I, I do appreciate that, and I appreciate particularly in horror films that they are not painted as, you know, damsels in distress that need to be saved or like dumb blondes that are just there to wave their titties around and be chased by the bad guy. We talked about Brucker before, but I read his review on this movie and it's quite funny because his review is Mean Girls with Werewolves. I mean, basically, <laughs> yeah. But I'll, like also put Mean Girls in the late 90s, early 2000s. But yeah, it has a pretty high Rotten Tomato score also, which I found crazy. It's got a 90% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a slightly lower audience score with 78, but I, I would put my score probably, I mean, not to bury the lead, but I would put it like somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah, I agree as well with that. And it was also written by a woman named Karen Walton, who also worked on the show Orphan Black. So, you know, I, I appreciate female representation in the horror genre in every which way there's a reason i feel like this movie spawned two sequels yes there is a sequel to this movie as well as a prequel that were shot back to back in 2003 and both of the main girls are in both of the films i haven't seen either of them and i don't really i don't want to because i feel like it's gonna ruin this 
first movie for me seeing like two shitty sequels so i'm just gonna like leave it there where it is in my brain yeah that's fine I, again i haven't had the time to see them either the second one at least has an okay rating the third one's in the toilet so um scotty are you ready to get into the nitty and the gritty yes i am ready. are you ready to pop open spoopy month 2022 i, I am ready all righty so we start off like most horror movies in a nice quaint neighborhood we pan to this woman who's looking for her dog and we find out this dog has been eaten oh my god first of all i'm not great when it comes to shit involving dogs in movies dogs being harmed or anything like that i don't like it i'm a dog gal it makes me worry for leia it makes me upset but at the same time seeing like the gruesomeness and the gore of it it, it definitely set the tone right away, and I appreciated that. I respected that of this movie. Because I was like, okay, I know exactly the level that we are diving into now. Cool. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's established pretty early on that there is some kind of creature out there, some kind of wild animal that is going around attacking uh, local dogs and pets and stuff. And it is a great concern to most of the people in this small town. But we quickly meet our two sisters, Bee and Ginger. Ginger is the older sister, and she's played by Catherine Isabel. And the younger sister, Bridget, is played by Emily Perkins. So I noticed this immediately because the poster of the film shows these two girls prominently. And I recognize them both immediately from, you guessed it, Supernatural indeed oh my god you guys okay so the older sister Catherine isabel played ava on supernatural she was back in like the earlier earlier seasons. i want to say like season one or two and she played a psychic girl who actually ended up spoiler alert killing a whole bunch of people and it was great and then of course emily perkins was a recurring character on Supernatural during like the later season. She played Becky, who was like obsessed with Sam, played by Jared Padalecki. Which why wouldn't you be obsessed with Jared Padalecki? He's a very handsome man. But yeah, it kind of bugged me out that both of these girls were on Supernatural at different times. And also, just something really bizarre about these two actresses: they were both born in the same hospital, went to the same schools worked through the same talent agency and auditioned for this movie on the same day. Damn. So they are they are intertwined in uh, their destinies. You definitely felt the sisterly bond between them, not just in like the you know, warm and fuzzy way, but also in the like you're getting on my fucking nerves kind of way. It was a very well done depiction of a sisterly bond, especially between teenage sisters. Oh yeah. And it clearly also shows that Ginger is the alpha of the two of them. Yes, definitely. And B is the one who will always follow Ginger around basically no matter what. Yeah, I mean, they both kind of have the same Daria-esque vibe in a lot of ways. But Ginger, the older sister, she is very much, well, she's more developed, let's say, than her sister, she's more conventionally attractive probably than her sister. As some of the high school boys say in the beginning of the movie, she's got herself a nice rack. And uh, all the guys want to bang her, even though she's a little crazy. And then Bridget, she's a lot more awkward. And they establish that dynamic right away. 
one thing I want to bring up too that was established right from the very beginning is like the writing in this movie was like top notch. <laughs> like literally Bridget walks into their bedroom because they share a bedroom and Ginger for some reason because you know goth like ghost world type Daria type humor she's laying on the bed with like a kitchen knife and she just says wrists are for girls I'm gonna slit my throat I'm like oh my god okay this is the movie we're in okay got it got it cool they also have a pact that together forever or like or dead by like 16 or something. Out by 16 or dead in the scene, but together forever. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life. <laughs> you know, Girls. that whole thing. But yeah, then we we go into like the weirdest opening credit sequence I've I, ever experienced. I love it though. They're doing some assignment for school. What the assignment is, I don't know. And we never find out. I assume purposely because what kind of assignment could possibly lead to these girls having to... Th the purpose of the assignment in their eyes is they have to set themselves up in different quote-unquote death scenes and take pictures of themselves to display to the class. So in the opening credit sequence, you see like different photos of these two girls in different like crazy death scene type positions there's one where ginger is like literally sticking out of like a fence post uh, there's one where bridget is hanging herself it's very morbid and very creepy pills uh death by lawnmower right as they're going through the credits too it, it comes off like the score is very subtle and like muted as these different photos come up and like the credits coming up and I'm like, this comes off very much like the opening credits for like a crime show, like on NBC. Like it was so weird. And then all of a sudden it just comes up to like, we're back in the movie and they're in class and they're showing these things, these pictures in class. And I'm just like, what was the assignment? And the teacher is like also very equally as confused. Like, why see me after class like i don't even know how to address this and like same bro same when i first watched it that hooked me right in uh so we cut the gym class where we are playing field hockey ew and of course b and ginger are smoking on the sideline oh yeah it, it gave me very big vibes back to what i did in gym class not that i smoked but just like Sitting on the side with my, like, one or two friends. I have my, like, big black sweatshirt on and just standing in the corner not participating in gym at all <laughs> while other people are, like, playing around. It, it gave me it gave me vibes back to the good old days. We meet our mean girl, Trina Sinclair, who is, like, the popular girl. She's very much, like, goody two-shoes. Yeah. We also meet in this scene Jason who is our shithead of the movie. Yes. They find another dead dog in the field. That was so weird. They're in, they're like in the middle of the field playing hockey, and then all of a sudden Bridget literally trips over a dog, and it's like, okay, it's not like she ran off to the side. The dog is in the middle of the field. Like, no one saw a dead dog in the middle of the it just it was shot very weird perhaps it was meant to be like off to the side and just the way they shot it was off i don't know but it it, it came off really kind of humorous it did. Unfor unfortunately unintentionally then we cut back to home and we meet their mother pam who is a bit of an airhead and uh, their father who clearly is like oh my god what am i doing here 
but I feel like that's kind of a, a trope too for these kinds of movies. Like we mentioned Mean Girls before. The first thing that I thought of was Amy Poehler as uh, Rachel McAdams' mom in that movie. It's like, oh, you g- she gives off that vibe. But yeah, she basically is like, oh, you girls are three years late for menstruating and... Oh, yeah, that was weird. Like, they purposely mentioned that Ginger is, like, what? 16. She's 16. She just turned 16. And Bridget is 15. Yes. And neither one of them have had their periods yet. Now, not to be gross, gentlemen. Sorry about this. But, no. like, okay, that, that comes off as weird. But it, it, they brought it up specifically. And as soon as they did that, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> And I turned to Scott and I'm like, so, because I knew Ginger, because the title of the movie is Ginger Snaps. And I knew it's a werewolf movie. So I'm like, oh no, is Ginger becoming a werewolf going to be like a symbol for her getting her period? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. It's <laughs> fun. <laughs> Yay. Becoming a woman is great. You turn into a fucking monster. That's actually not too far off. Well, we, we should normalize being able to talk about periods. So, guys, learn to talk about periods with your girlfriends, your wives. It's important. Aw, that's nice, Scott. How romantic. You men out there with your fucking penises. You don't have to. You don't know the joy of being a woman. So, Trina, the perfect girl, has like a little bit of a... She doesn't like our two main ladies. They have a feud going on, basically. They had a little bit of an altercation in the field hockey scene, and uh, they decide, we're going to take this fake bag of blood and throw it on Trina's dog in the middle of the night just to kind of scare her in the morning. Well, to make her think that the whatever creature is out there killing people's animals, she will go out and think that someone got her dog because she's got like a big fucking rottweiler yeah exactly so they're out to do this and ginger quickly gets dragged into the woods by the actual werewolf Ooh, yeah it's a pretty uh gruesome scene yeah b is like screaming running through the woods trying to chase ginger ginger pops up every now and then and it gets dragged back and further into the woods yeah it's pretty fucked and obviously the werewolf bites her they managed to drag her ass back home and she's a bloody fucking mess. And this guy, we notice as they are kind of hobbling away, the girls, this guy in this big yellow truck who we established earlier in the movie is like the town drug dealer uh, who's a few years older than the girls. But his name's Sam and he manages to run down this werewolf he freaks out he thinks like maybe it's some big fucking dog it it's definitely suspicious let's put it that way yeah and sam just so you guys know is played by chris lemchi i think that's how you yes, say his I name think so. um he's done a lot of tv for the most part uh he's done a handful of movies including one of the final destination sequels but he actually to reference another kind of halloween movie that we've discussed in the past he kind of looked a little similar to Max from Hocus Pocus. Yeah, he does look a little like Max. He gives a little a Max vibe, just if Max were a weed dealer. Yeah, well... With I, a greenhouse full of weed that he grows, which doesn't really... Isn't really explain how that's a thing. Well, yeah, but I like Sam. I like Sam, too. I think... He was a nice guy. I think he does a good job in this movie being a supporting character for our two main ladies. Yes. 
Uh, but I, for our first look at this werewolf, I actually think it looks pretty good. Yeah. Like, you don't see a lot of him, but for what you see, I think they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they did practical effects with it, because if it was CGI, it probably would have looked a fucking hot mess. But yeah, it comes off very much like how it would if it was on Charmed or like Supernatural or some kind of Supernatural type television show. Actually, later on in the movie, I'm going to reference a specific moment with a a bit of makeup, like monster makeup that looks very much like it came straight out of Charmed. Oh, yeah, that definitely did. Um, but yeah, it's it definitely gives off that vibe, which makes sense because the director and the writer of this movie did mostly TV in their lives. And the I couldn't get a definitive thing on the budget, but I could only imagine it being an independent movie. It wasn't, you know, anything to write home about. Well, yeah, well, you have like a hallway in this school, mm-hmm. this weed greenhouse. Yeah. The weed greenhouse. They say at one point, I know this doesn't matter at all to the story, but they say at one point it's the county greenhouse, which, A, I didn't know a county greenhouse was a thing, but even if it was, I don't think that they would sign on to both a guy just living there who's like 19 and also a guy just growing a whole shit ton of weed in there. (laughs) I don't think that's a thing. But anyway, it's fine. For the purposes of the story, it's totally cool. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. Uh, but as far as the, the makeup goes and the practical effects and the budget, it's just a a testament to the fact that you don't need a lot of money to make a good fucking movie. But yes, uh, they get home and Ginger's already healing, which is weird. You know, seeing as she was just fucking almost killed. We then quickly cut to the next day at school where we're learning about viruses and being invaders taking over the body like oh and soon you won't even be able to recognize the host oh foreshadowing ginger is suffering from cramps ah the trials and tribulations of womanhood you could she's already starting to change she goes to smoke weed with jason she's snapping at b yeah she's you know those hormones B does bring up, because she does walk over to the drug dealer and go, hey, what did you hit with your van? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, look like a lycanthrope. She goes, I know what that is, you idiot. It's a werewolf. And he's like, what? And yeah, and they like immediately are like, ah, oh, werewolf. Hmm, interesting. And then finally we get to the scene where they're in the bathroom and B's like, oh my god like (laughs) what the fuck ginger like you're acting so fucking weird like you're starting to get angry like she brings up werewolf the ginger and ginger's like what the fuck are you talking about and then ginger of course gets her period right she but like a lot like not you know not the normal womanly amount let's just put it that way guys i'm so sorry it's uncomfy i know i live with it and so does everyone else with the vagina so get over it but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did we mention the tail yet? No, we haven't gotten to the tail yet. She has a fucking tail, you guys. Like, that's a thing. It, I, I mean, I don't know. This movie is probably very uh, passe and can't really be made today. But if anyone's seen the film Shallow Hal, it's it's that kind of fucking tail, man. It's even bigger, actually, if I remember the movie correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. That movie can never be made today. No, 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 no. 
the whole film is predicated on the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow, her character is unlovable because she's fat. And then Jack Black is basically tricked into loving her despite the fact that she's fat. It's very, it's uncomfortable. It's very early 2000s. Yes. Oh, what, how cool, how coincidental. Exactly. Uh, but then we get a nice little discussion with the nurse. Oh my god! I, 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 when this happened, I was like, "Oh, I hope the nurse dies. I hope she dies. Oh, please!" And it, it, she really didn't do anything wrong. It's just, it just brought me back to like my awkward teen years of like first dealing with my <clears throat> womanhood, and it really wasn't fun. <laughs> It wasn't fun, and she obviously writes off all of the girls' legitimate concerns that are very werewolfy by saying, oh, it's just normal, period, woman, hormone things. Don't you worry. You're going to bleed like a geyser, and it's totally normal. I didn't, I, you know, when we started this review, I was like, this is going to be really fun, but I didn't expect it to be as gross as it is. I'm sorry, but the point is... It's Halloween. <laughs> it's fine. B starts keeping a calendar like <laughs> of Ginger's cycle to try and figure out like <laughs> the lunar <laughs> It reminded me of that scene in community <laughs> where <laughs> they're all talking and <laughs> they steal like Abed's notebook. If you haven't seen community, please watch it. It's an amazing show. But they steal Abed's notebook and the girls are like Annie four on twenty eight off. Next November tenth. Britta five on twenty seven off. Oh my god, are you charting our menstrual cycles? What? Gross! I bet this is so personal. It's so accurate. So she's keeping track of Ginger's cycle. The moon blood is coming, the people. Moon. Ginger is also has decided she's going to make out with the fuckboy, Jason. Jason's, of course, totally down with it, but Ginger fucks him, gives him werewolfism through STD. Oh my god, I wrote that down. I was like, so lycanthropy is also an STD? Are we doing an STD symbolism? Okay, well, sure. Well, I, I think she definitely scratches him too at one point. Yeah, but I think, I mean, it, they it, do establish in the movie that it could be spread sexually, which I don't think is a common thing for werewolves. I don't know. In if the lore? I, I mean, if, I'm not an expert. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever actually been established. But, you know... This is the late 90s, so it's, you know, we got to make it sexy, question mark. I don't know. <laughs> well, it does lead to Jason, like, peeing blood and ew, shit. Oh, my uh, God. Oh. Ew, my, ew, oh, my God. No, 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 no. Ew. Um, ew. <laughs> but then um, Sam ends up tracking Bridget down again, and they end up meeting at the fucking greenhouse of weed, and... <laughs> And he's like, well, I've been looking into it and, you know, silver combats werewolf. So here, take this silver belly button ring. And Bridget has not told Sam that Ginger is the werewolf. She's told him that she's the werewolf in order to protect her sister. Yes. So he's like, here, Bridget, take this belly button ring. And she's like, okay, thanks. And in my head, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, you think a belly button ring is going to stop her from being a werewolf? Like, that? if that's not the dumbest fucking bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Well, let's be honest. He's 
a 19 year old drug dealer i'm well, sure he I didn't know, do well in dude, school but like come on now like i'm not a fucking genius i'm not in mensa but i can guarantee fucking to you that if i were, came across a werewolf my first instinct wouldn't be let's get her a fucking piercing like no that would not be my first instinct the funniest thing is Frankie's ripping this, but she loves this. Part. I really did. I had so much fun with this movie. But like, yeah, there are a couple decisions in here that are stupid, but it's a horror movie. I mean, comparatively to other horror movies, the stupid decisions that were made in this movie are very minimal. So like, I'm cool with it. Uh, Ginger does kill her first dog because she can't control herself and she's really hungry. This silver, of course, does not work. So we move on to the next thing, which is Monk's Bane. There's an issue is that they can't really get monksbane at the moment. Yeah, it's like a seasonal plant, so they kind of have to like wait and try to figure out how to get it. So in the meantime, Ginger is just getting more and more werewolfy. And one of the things I find, it's another kind of stupid, weird choice that was made. As she's becoming more and more werewolfy, she develops dog teeth. I can't describe it any other way. They're fu- she's got like the fucking biggest overbite at one point in this movie. And like the rest of her face looks relatively normal. I think the same, but just her teeth are so big and again, woof woof. So it's like no one notices that her teeth are, her mom doesn't know. Like it's so obvious that something's wrong with her face <laughs> and no one says anything. Everyone's just like, oh, hi, Ginger. Oh, hi, Ginger what's wrong with your teeth ginger are you okay why do you have a fucking overbite ginger well now because she's wearing more uh scantily clad clothing everyone's oh everyone's just looking at the titties ding 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 ain't that the way (laughs) and uh, before we move on i kind of do just want to like address the interesting relationship between sam and bridget throughout this movie because bridget throughout the film is seen as very much ginger's sidekick and not really sexualized at all and even her mom at one point says like you know you you need to think for yourself you can't always follow ginger around but yet when she meets sam there's no like explicit reference to the fact that she's into him but like he's a cute fucking 19 year old guy and she's a 15 year old girl And they spend a lot of time together trying to figure out this werewolf stuff. So it is kind of implied that there is something going on there. Like that she, at least that she maybe has a little thing for him. And maybe he has a little thing for her, but the age kind of, like he purposely doesn't cross any lines with her. Probably because she is a little younger than him and because he thinks that she's a werewolf at least for some of the time well okay it can be read that way yes i also do think she might like him as a person but because they get connected by this thing i think it's more platonic than it is relationship but i think they clearly care about each other because at one point like towards the end of the movie when things are getting really hairy no pun intended he turns to Bridget and just says, like, what if we just turn around now and leave us two together? And it's like, oh, okay. Interesting. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's very subtle and it never crosses any inappropriate lines or anything. It's very subtle. And I, I like that, actually. I like that it's subtle and not really a big part of the movie. But 
it, I feel like it is there. Something is there, and it adds a little extra depth to their relationship and to the whole movie as a whole. I, I, I do like that aspect of it, too. Again, it can definitely be read that way. It could be read that there are two people stuck in a fucked up situation, and they ha- have no one else but each other at this moment. Right. I get it. Yeah. But uh, I just I wanted to bring that up because I felt like that aspect was interesting in the movie. But continuing with the plot. Yes, with the continuing with the plot, Ginger steals the Rottweiler. So Trina comes to confront Ginger and Bridget. It quickly turns into a hostage kind of situation. Trina slips and smashes her head against their countertop and dies. Yeah, I I gotta be honest. I was okay with this scene. I thought it was really tense the way that like Ginger had the knife to Trina's throat and Bridget kept trying to get her. I keep tr- I keep wanting to call her Becky, by the way, because that's her character in Supernatural, but I'm trying to maintain. They both start with bees, but I'm going to keep it together. So Bridget keeps trying to stop Ginger and da 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 I liked that whole part. I found it a little like underwhelming when she just like slipped and fell and cracked her head open and that's how she died i was kind of hoping it would be a little more gruesome and satisfying in that regard Mm -hmm. her death because obviously she's like the bully of the movie for lack of a better term so she's gonna die right but i was just hoping it'd be a little more gruesome than that well uh, normally in a normal horror movie gingers would be the one to kill trina but i think at this point in the movie you're still kind of hoping b figures out how to cure Ginger. So if Ginger already killed somebody, you would be like, there's no real way back for her. She's already killed a human. Okay, yes. But at the same time, they covered up her death. It's not like... And also... You know, Ginger's not exactly innocent either because she had a knife to her throat, and they she died in their fucking house after Ginger she, stole the dog. Like it's it, they're not innocent. Mostly uh, Ginger certainly is not innocent, and then they cover up the death. Yeah, they they cover it up. They freeze her body and then drag her and bury her in the backyard. Yeah, so I don't know if the it, the issue was is necessarily of redemption potentially in the future. Well, no, but I guess if Ginger automatically breaks into the kill here cuz we're still like we're about halfway through the movie when she finally does break down and kill somebody, it's so much bigger that you're like, "Oh shit, she's finally lost it." Right. I okay, I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, you still have hope that Ginger can become and stay Ginger and not turn into the monster here. Again, I'm not mad at the scene. I just, I wonder how it could have been tweaked, maybe, and it could it have been better, could it have been worse. I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing to think about, I guess. Because you could have had it where Trina was going after... Bridget in some way because that's what happened earlier in the movie Trina went after Bridget and Ginger beat her up to defend her sister yes so you could have had something similar to that happen again and instead of Ginger just like pushing her off and like punching her you could have had her either accidentally or on purpose killing her Trina and then the consequences go from there it might have had a little more impact maybe I don't know it's definitely a possibility that that could have worked out. I don't know. I, I like the way it is. I really do because, I, again, I understand there's still hope for Ginger here. So B's great idea is to lock Ginger in the bathroom. 
Oh, yes, because Bridget was able to get her hands on some monk Spain. So she locks Ginger up in the bathroom so she doesn't get out and do anything stupid or crazy while she goes to Sam's greenhouse of weed and gets the monk Spain and makes it into a cure for her. She goes to Sam's place and he basically calls her out and like, you're not the werewolf are you your sister is and she's like ah fuck and he's like just you know be careful and do what you got to do to save her i get it go but you may kill her oh yeah well that's the thing this is never really this is not something you know anyone's an expert on here so he's like you could save her or you could just be putting her out of her misery she leaves and then jason attacks and she has to use the cure on him and it it cures him so she's like oh okay i guess it works okay bye let's you know let's go find ginger yeah so she goes to f- get ginger from her house but ginger has broken out of and course <laughs> gone into the school where she is called to the counselor's office and promptly kills him slaughters the motherfucker blood is everywhere and b finally catches up to her and is like what did you do and then, of course, uh, you know, B leaves to go, like, find something to clean it up, which, like, how are you cleaning this up, Bridget? Like, this is not, this has gone too far now. She goes to, like, steal the janitor's cart, and it's like, br- br- you can't just, like, swiffer out to fucking buckets of blood. Like, okay, like, it has gone too far now. This is not happening for you. But then the janitor co- tries to go into the room, and fucking Ginger just beats the fucking shit out of this poor janitor in front of B. Of course, yeah, and then it's pretty terrible. As he's sitting there, like, holding on to his last breath, she shoves her hand into his chest. Yeah, it's it's really fucking gruesome, and she sort of kind of attacks B. Like, she doesn't want to kill her, obviously, Ginger, but she says, like, you know, we're supposed to be together forever, and you're supposed to be on my side no matter what, and Bridget's like, I can't, no, you need help. Like, I, I can help you, but you have to let me help you. And she's like, fuck you, no, bye. I'll say hi to Sam for you. So Ginger leaves to go to this, like, school party or whatever that's uh, conveniently at the greenhouse where Sam lives, works. I don't know what this kid's deal is, but... Lives, works, and plays. (laughs) She goes to the greenhouse, and at first she's, like, seducing Sam, which is weird, but the thing I wanted to mention, I, I mentioned it earlier, is where this particular makeup point in the movie where Ginger enters the party, and of course it's on Halloween night, so it doesn't alarm anyone, that she is literally dressed like a cat person. <laughs> and it comes off very much like a villain in a Charmed episode. Like the makeup, the entrance, like the slow-mo entrance with like the evil type hard metal music overture yeah Yeah, it comes off very charmed to me oh um you're 100 percent right definitely if you took this out and put this in an episode of charmed it's it would fit perfectly right yeah she kind of comes off like i think a harpy or a banshee in charmed i haven't seen charmed in a long time but that's the vibe i got so she goes to see sam to seduce him slash eventually kill him and he's kind of into it for a minute. And then he's like, no, no, Ginger, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, th- this is weird. B gets picked up by her mom who has found the t- two fingers of fucking. Oh, my God. That was so weird. Okay. So that that was weird, too. Okay. They're doing yard work, the parents, because 
you know, that's what parents do. They do yard work and things. So they find two severed fingers in the backyard. And the mom is like, oh, no, husband of mine, don't you worry. These are clearly prosthetics that the girls were using for their fake death scene assignment for school. You know, school often assigns work like this to children. Anyway, I can't get over this. But after saying that to her husband, she then goes in the house and puts the two severed fingers, which are Trina's fingers, obviously, into Tupperware and then goes out in the car to find her fucking daughters. And she finds Bridget on the side of the road running, presumably towards the greenhouse party. And she's like, get in this car right now. And she shows her the Tupperware, Bridget, and she's like, what the fuck is this? And then they cut to them showing up at the party, like in the parking lot or whatever. And the mom takes like the hardest left turn I've ever seen in a movie. Like the mom went from a completely dense airhead idiot who is completely inept and doesn't know what the fuck her daughters are doing who they are what they what they are up to in any way shape or form and then she does this oh god sorry i'm I'm dying here on frankie just going off she goes to bridget and goes go get your sister we're gonna fucking light the house on fire (laughs) and just fucking disappear She's going to continue the cover-up of murder that her, supposedly, as far as she knows, her two daughters just murdered someone and buried them, like, in the backyard or whatever. And she's just, like, cool with it. And she's going to take these two daughters of hers that have murdered another human and just blow up their home and go on the road. And Bridget goes, well, what about Dad? She doesn't say anything. She's just like, oh, he'll, he'll just blame me. He always blames me for everything. So are you going to kill your husband in this explosion? Are you going to divorce him? Like, it's not made clear what the plan is in Mom's head, but it's very concerning. I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm a little weirded out. And mind you, the mom doesn't come back for the rest of the movie. So... Like, presumably by the end of the film, she's still sitting in the parking lot of this greenhouse, plotting her husband's demise. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's weird. It verbally made me react while I was watching. I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. I mean, to be fair of the movie, I I can't knock it for that. But it just seemed like a hard left out of nowhere. But I don't know. I didn't hate it. It was weird, but it was okay. I was cool with it. Yeah. I didn't fully get it, but I was I was okay. Oh god, Frankie's reaction. I, I like there are times I wish we record our first viewings. Cuz <laughs> Frankie's reaction to <laughs> I was just like, "Whoa, what the fuck was that?" Oh, it was so good. Oh my god, but as we said, Ginger is trying to like get with Sam and Sam's like, "Get, get no Ginger, get off me." He pushes Ginger off him. And then, of course, she attacks him. She attacks him and breaks his arm. Finally, B's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, we gotta go. She gives some great acting in this scene. Emily Perkins, who plays Bridget, she really does a great job because she comes in the room and she sees Sam on the floor and she sees Ginger and she's like, listen. You bitch! You want me? You want me? Stop hurting everybody else and take me! Take me! I don't want you! I don't even know you! You wrecked everything for me that isn't about you. Now I am you. She cuts her hand open, cuts 
Ginger's hand open and they hold hands basically she makes them hold hands and she's like okay we're the same now let's go sam the whole time is like what are you doing no 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 no. they leave and you know bridget says to ginger we're gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna go back to the house get our stuff and get the fuck out of here sam (laughs) being the valiant knight that he is comes around the corner knocks ginger out from behind and bridget's like you fucking idiot what are you doing he's like what do you you mean you can't go with her and she's like you fucking idiot i was telling her what she wanted to hear so so i could take her back to my house because that's where the cure is you moron like what the fuck i was trying to save the day here and he's like how was i supposed to know that it, it, honestly it's so funny it's it a great line where he goes how am i supposed to know that was your plan that is a brilliant piece of writing it because, really was good because in a normal movie he would just intuitively know that was her plan right or the plan that bridget was making it look like it was would have actually been her plan yeah like, it wouldn't have been some clever ruse. It would have just been, like, what was happening. So, I, yeah, I liked this part of the movie. I like Bridget and Sam teaming up throughout the whole movie to try and save Ginger. I liked that aspect of the movie. Uh, so, they toss Ginger in Sam's van and start driving back to the house to get more Monksbane. And this is also where Ginger transforms completely into the werewolf. Yeah. Uh, they get to the house realize sam's back door is broken ginger pops out and flies through the house completely werewolfed so this whole like piece of the film is really fucking great oh yeah bridget and sam are sneaking throughout the house trying to find ginger slash hide from ginger because she's a fucking scary ass monster also get the monk's bane yeah so they end up getting the monk's bane ginger chases them around for a while they end up in the closet the scene in the closet is fucking great bridget and sam in the closet is a great fucking scene they're making the cure and this is the point where sam says to bridget what if we just leave right now yeah what, what if we cure you right now with this cure that we have and then just get the fuck out of here? And Bridget's like, no. And at this point, like, I knew it was going to happen. I knew Sam was going to die because the whole purpose of this movie is that Bridget stand on her own two feet. Indeed. So when Sam takes the cure and he was like, okay, I'm going to go out there and then you go out and distract her and then lead her to me and then I'll stab her with the cure and then we'll be good to go. I was like, this isn't going to happen. So as soon as he was about to go out there, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's about to happen. And then he he barely opens the door and <laughs> he's out and it's fucking done. Oh, he's getting smashed. Bridget's like, what the fuck? Just the screaming and the uh, the blood everywhere. It's so bad. Oh, oh my God. It's dragged through the house. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It was really good, but I was, like, super bummed. Because yeah. I like him. Just like I liked Max and Hocus Pocus, man. <laughs> I want the cute boys to live, but they, they can't. No, they can't. It just can't happen. Uh, so she picks up the serum because, of course, it got dropped on the floor. Oh, my God. One thing, though. As she exits the closet by herself after Sam has been ripped apart, we had subtitles on in this movie. And like just some of the subtitles are excellent (laughs) she steps out of the closet in parentheses it just says 
feet squishing in blood and i was like oh my god yes that's so bad Ooh. <laughs> oh god it's so good and then there was one point too where ginger's running around as her werewolf ass self and the subtitle just read in parentheses chesty growl and i'm like "Ooh, we love a chesty growl <laughs> oh we love that Oh, it's so funny. If the subtitle Chesty Growl isn't present for the closed captions of a porn somewhere, I will be disgusted. That needs to exist. Everyone needs to have themselves a Chesty Growl now and again. Oh, God. I don't know how many porno videos are subtitled, but... <laughs> I mean, deaf people want to get off, too, you know. Well, <laughs> visuals, I guess. They don't really always need... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> We are going somewhere else. We are at the end, the climax of the movie here. So B walks downstairs where she's following the blood, and Sam is there barely alive. Oh, I wasn't expecting that either. I was surprised. I was like, he's still fucking alive. Yes, and Ginger's oh. fucking sitting there kind of like nibbling at their blood, and B walks up, and she starts smelling the blood. Right, because she's got some werewolf in her too now. And so. she gets on her knees and starts eating the blood. And Ginger is like, okay. And she she doesn't do anything. Mind you, she is fully werewolf at this time. But once she sees Bridget starting to like lap up the blood a little bit, she like is doing the same thing on the other side of Sam. And she's like, cool. But then Bridget just gets so disgusted and she spits it out. And she like pukes and she's like, I can't do it. I can't. And then ginger freaks out and as sam is like mid gasp it's just so bad and the way they look at each other i just felt so bad for for sam but as he's mid gasp ginger just <laughs> kills him mm -hmm. and it's done and then of course bridget runs and they have like their final showdown ginger yeah. and bridget she's trying to get to the point she's got a knife and the cure and she's trying to like figure out like how to like hold back ginger but finally she's cornered and ginger like leaps at her and she stabs her in the stomach with the knife yeah and it's weird because like obviously we mentioned that there's a sequel right but i didn't know anything about the sequel it's like i know that the two main girls are in it but i didn't know if like they're both alive or if ginger's dead what i i don't know i don't know again i don't necessarily want to know but like it felt like the way they ended the movie, because literally the last shot of the movie is Ginger, um, like, breathing, like, clearly not okay after being stabbed, and just, like, breathing up and down, and Bridget, like, laying her head on top of her chest, and at some point, the crying from Ginger goes from animalistic to more human, like, sobs and stuff. And then it's just slowly but surely fades to black. And it's like, hmm, okay. It's, I guess, implied that she eventually died. But there is kind of like a little opening where maybe they kind of left it open for a potential sequel for Ginger to somehow still be alive. So I think that that was a good ending. It's obviously very heartbreaking, the ending, but it's a good ending. And I think it not only does something for the horror aspect of it, with like obviously ginger is werewolf so ginger is bad guy that needs to be put down but also it does a lot for just the underlying like emotionality of the movie with like the sister relationship and 
you know, what it is to be a woman. I mean, you turn into a monster and then you die. (laughs) You know, that old chestnut. (laughs) Oh, God. But yeah, I, I really liked this movie. Yeah. That was Ginger Snaps, you guys. That was Ginger Snaps. 2000s Ginger Snaps was a good fucking movie. Well, and that's the thing. We we talked about it earlier, but this movie has so much going against it. Yes, definitely. You have a 2000s horror movie with a low budget and there are not many good werewolf movies. So you're like... What am I getting into? Mm-hmm. And I recommend this movie. I do too, definitely. Like it's it's a good movie. The two lead actresses are very good together. You buy their relationship. It's also like a little bit of like a coming of age kind of like oh, thing. Oh yeah, of course. And it's just so well done that I know why they decided that they were going to try and make a sequel to it and i feel like more people need to see this i completely agree i think it's definitely underrated being a cult movie and i think there's a lot to it that everyone can grab onto whether they're like a big horror fan or maybe not the biggest horror fan because there's gore in this but there's more to it than just like the gore and horror elements, which I think is smart because it gets other people that maybe aren't the biggest horror fans to sit down and watch it. I gave this movie a four out of five stars, which I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to do that going in. I was kind of cradling on like a three and a half for most of the movie. And then once we got to the end, I was like, oh, wow, this is really all coming together. And I bumped it up to a four. And I think a lot of that has to do with my expectations being lower going in and being exceeded throughout the movie. It was basically the opposite problem that I had to both (laughs) Bull Durham and Rudy, (laughs) which were movies that we discussed before that like Scott introduced me to that I kind of just based on like word of mouth about the movies and stuff like that, I got hyped up maybe a little too much and then was disappointed. This movie, I really didn't have a lot to go on going in, but what I had to go on wasn't particularly like promising necessarily. So my expectations were exceeded and I ended up giving it a four out of five stars. So. My lesson here is I'm just never going to talk to you about movies we're doing on the show ever again before this. Sh- well, wh- what are we going to talk about, Scott? No, <laughs> Our marriage is completely reliant on this show. Oh, God. Please listen to it. <laughs> Or our marriage will end horribly. No, I'm kidding. Yes, please rate, subscribe, and comment. You don't want us to get divorced, do you? (laughs) It's all on you. It's all on you people. Anyway. Um, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Happy Halloween. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, gosh. Um, So I also gave it a four out of five. Again, I believe it's well acted. It, the score is great. It's a great horror movie. Even the second time when I knew everything that w- was going to happen, I still enjoyed it. As Frankie said, these two ladies happened to be in Supernatural. Yes. I, I don't know what they did after this. 
But goddamn, I think they should have done more. <laughs> I'm so mad knowing that they were both in this movie that Supernatural, the people over there, weren't like, let's put them in an episode together. But no. But we get what we get, and we can't get upset, Scott. That is true. Um, But yeah, overall, this was an awesome start to Spoopy Month. Indeed. Next week, I will be introducing Scott to a Halloween spoopy movie. And it is actually a sequel to a spoopy movie that we discussed last year. It's a decom, wink, wink. Of course it is. I'm very excited about it. Scott is not, but that's okay. Who cares what he thinks? <laughs> I hope you do, but... I do. But I, you know, we're going to have ourselves a time. Oh, God. It's going to be a fantastic, not scary at all, Disney time. Yay. We're all in this together. <laughs> Oh, God, no. The last one almost killed us. Imagine if High School Musical did, like, a Halloween special back then and just did, like, all spooky songs, like <laughs> the fucking Monster Mash. Oh, like, how embarrassing. It was a graveyard smash. Da, 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 da. So, yeah, that's what we're doing next week. Until then, this has been Shoot the flick i'm frankie sparks and i'm scott eisenberg make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at shoot the flick and check out our weekly episodes every single wednesday on itunes spotify google Podcasts, and i heard radio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast and make sure you come back next week for our spoopy not so scary movie adventure now everybody howl like the wolf Ow. Oh! I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly